What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And I am here with my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? Noah, I'm doing great, man. Uh, good, beautiful morning here in the state of Colorado on this Saturday, right after a big Rockies win at Chavez Ravine. And I know we're going to talk about that. Yep, we will talk about that. And But first, before we get to the rocket taking off, we, first off, I mean, I am uh, still in the same place as I was last time because we said we'd play where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but said where in the world is Noah Yangling. But I will be headed to your home state. Yes. And I know you're heading to your home state here we'll, shortly, too. But we'll be in separate uh, cities there in the beautiful Sooner State. Uh, so, and I know you're passing through on the way to Dallas for those Rockies and Rangers uh, the series next week. So I'm excited to hear your reporting from there as well as get your take on the new ballpark. And we will have a little bit with. Trevor story here in a little bit on returning to Dallas, but first a word from Mr. Kevin Henry. Hey, attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston to maybe even Kansas city where Noah Yingling is. Do we have a grooming problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. For your out-of-world experience, look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the United States, but also Canada, the United Kingdom, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, Singapore, and beyond. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your whole solar system. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. And a big thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the podcast. And before we move on, I do have to mention this because I've thought this in the past as well. When you mention Singapore, it shows you my uh, television uh, demographic. I think of Frasier because, of course, I, I watch Frasier. Of course you do. Course you do. There, there was an episode where um, they're watching like this Miss Universe pageant or something like that. And Frazier says, 
yeah, I see Miss Singapore. She's putting her name to good use because she was doing a singing thing and she wasn't very good at it. So she was Singapore. Oh, (laughs) that's a bad dad joke is what that is. I'll have to bust that one out of my daughter at some point. (laughs) The trip to Oklahoma. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. (laughs) Oh my God. So good. So with back on the Rockies, um, yesterday they had a big win on the road against the Dodgers who in our last podcast, we mentioned how we weren't sure who any of their starters would be. And it's because they have so many injuries or guys just out right now. And in fact, for the series, they went bullpen game on Friday, tonight, Saturday night, they're going to go with David price. And they're, then they're going to go with another bullpen game on Sunday. So the Rockies, they were able to eke out the win on Friday to get two in the row, uh, two in a row on the road, which is something that obviously they haven't had a ton this year. But part of it was because of Kyle Freeland and his start, which uh, that's the thing with the Rockies. They haven't had on the road this year. They haven't had the combination of enough offense, starting pitching, holding up and the bullpen holding up. And they had all of that. Kyle Freeland went six innings, allowed four hits, two runs, didn't walk anybody, struck out seven. Yuli Shasin rebounded from his poor outing in Chicago where he, well, the, the first inning he went really well, and then he faced three batters in his second inning, and he threw 12 straight balls. Um, but he had a clean frame. Daniel Bard has been removed from the closer's role, at least temporarily, and he is their setup man, or he was the setup man, I should say, on Friday. He pitched the eighth inning. He didn't have a completely clean inning as he allowed a hit, but he did strike out two and did not allow a run. And Carlos Estevez was the closer. He allowed one hit, but he struck out the side, and he was able to notch his third save of the season and hold on to the 4-2 Rockies lead. So I know we're going to talk about the bullpen shuffle because obviously that was asked of Bud Black while we were on with him yesterday before the game. But can we talk for just a minute about Kyle Freeland? I mean, if you look at what he did last night, absolutely impressive. No question about it. Pair of solo homers given up uh, during one stretch there where he kind of seemed to uh, lose his way and the, the Dodgers took advantage of that. But let's talk about what Kyle Freeland has done during the against the Dodgers this season. Noah, I looked up some numbers. You ready for me to drop some knowledge on you? Absolutely. This season, Kyle Freeland has, in three starts against the Dodgers, 19 innings total. He has a 2.84 ERA. The whip is 0.789 because he has struck out 17 batters and walked zero in those three outings. Well, my, my, my. Dodgers are hitting 211 against him this year with a BABIP of 220. So Freeland has been, shall we say, the Dodgers kryptonite. And one thing that, you know, one of the reasons why the Dodgers signed Albert Pujols, if, you know, let's go way back here to the earlier the season, was how he can torment left-handed bat or pitchers. It's one of the reasons why he was in the lineup last night. Freeland has done exceptionally well against this Dodger lineup this year with or without Pujols. So I think that that's something really interesting to watch. 
and it might, I don't want to say anything, but it could well be something that we, uh, we discuss in an article coming up, but there is one interesting thing there. Now, you know, we're talking about the 211 average. I talked about the two homers last night. So of the 15 hits that he's given up this year, four of those have been home runs to the Dodgers. Wow. There you go. I have an even perhaps more impressive streak for Freeland, and that is his last dozen starts. Yep. As you may remember, he started the season late as he had an injury towards the end of spring training. He did not return until around Memorial Day time. So in his first five starts, he did not pitch well. Four innings, a run allowed, or earned run allowed. Four innings, three earned runs. Five innings, five earned runs. Four innings, eight earned runs. Three and two-thirds, five earned runs. Since then, he has had 12 starts. He has an ERA of 257. 238 on base against 275. Uh, sorry, 238 average against 275 on base against 365 slugging against. And more impressively, that BABIP is 301. So in other words, those numbers for the slash line there are pretty indicative of he's had, he hasn't had great luck, but he hasn't had bad luck either. It's just, those are the numbers essentially. And when you have a 257 ERA in a stretch of a dozen starts, you are doing something fairly well. And also too, since the all-star break, it's been a little bit higher, the numbers, but it really hasn't been that bad. I mean, if you definitely take, with considering you're pitching half your games at Coors Field, you take a three ERA out of one of your starters, and that's what he's had since the All-Star break. And since the All-Star break, he's faced the Dodgers three times. He has faced the Padres once, the Giants once. And the Diamondbacks once. So it's been a lot of NL West as well. He did face the Cubs and the Marlins as well. But otherwise, it's been NL West. Yeah, and and one thing I think that it's an overlooked may be the wrong word to use here. But I feel like Kyle Freeland has been so under the radar this year with how good he's been. You know, I, I think Austin Gomber got a lot of attention with the trade and then, you know, his rough start and then the stretch that he put together. Herman Marquez is always going to get the play, especially whenever you're flirting with no hitters. Uh, you know, John Gray with the trade deadline drama and everything that went on there. It feels like that Kyle came back and everybody was excited, but then he's just kind of been very even keel, low key. It's almost like that we're expecting these outings now out of Kyle Freeland. And how nice is that to see the Kyle Freeland that, you know, we don't have to wonder what he's going to bring to the mound every time, you know, flashing back to that Cy Young run that he did back in 2018. Yeah. And at first we kind of thought, okay, in 2019, he had an, uh, he had an off season last year with the shortened season. He still pitched fairly well. He had a 4.33 ERA, which was a 120 ERA plus. But we thought, okay, we'll have to see. Is it kind of like with John Gray, where odd season he doesn't pitch that well? And at the beginning of the year, we thought it might happen because, I mean, yeah. as we mentioned, after those first five starts, he had an ERA close to 10. Mm-hmm. And now that ERA is 4.17. 
yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how he's really clicked in. And, and again, I, I think one of the big stories that doesn't get talked about nationally, you know, the Rockies really don't except for their weird home road splits. But I think that the pitching and the quality of pitching that there has been at times this year from the starters, you know, it feels like each of them have had their own individual runs and each of them have had their own slumps too. So, but overall, absolutely. This is a starting pitching core that you feel like, you know, going into next year, we, we said this was going to be their strength heading into this year. Right now, it certainly looks like a big strength for them heading into next season. Yeah, and as you were mentioning about the good stretches and then the poor stretches, I mean, Marquez is in one right now. I mean, his last three starts, he's got an ERA north of 10. Yeah. And his overall season ERA has ballooned from 342 to 402. So, and that, frankly, that, I mean, that deciphers the difference between a winner and a loser is uh, for a team is getting 20 guys or so, 15, 20 guys all going at the same time. And we've heard Bud Black talk about it numerous times, like with the offense, you can't have a good offense and have two or three guys going for you. You have to have six or seven. Same thing with the bullpen. You can't have two or three guys on at the same time. You have to have six or seven. With the rotation, you can't have one or two guys going. You have to have four or five. So that and that's really the, the biggest difference between the Rockies being in contention and being where they are right now and being under 500. Now, as we mentioned on the last podcast, they are actually above 500 since the beginning of June, but with the road struggles and how they started off at the begin- beginning of the year, really that, that has ended up costing them a potential uh, look into the postseason. I mean, they would not be in the postseason start if you looked at the schedule from June 1 to now, but they would be, they would be much more in the hunt than they are right now. You know, we joke on the podcast quite often about that's baseball. You know, it's one of Buddy's big catch lines. There are a few things that Bud Black will say more often than not. That's baseball. Uh, be prepared for anything. It's And the big one that I always think about, oh, every day is a test. And also, then, ill-advised pitches or ill-advised walks. Yep. But the one that, that jumps out at me quite often is whenever you're asking a, about a slump or you're asking about a certain player hot stretch, Buddy a lot of times will say, you know, it's going to take all of them for us to win. And, and he'll almost go through the entire bullpen talking about certain guys. And he's very adamant, as you said, it can't just be Estevez or Kinley that's on a, a roll at the moment. It's got to be the vast majority of them. And as you said, more often than not, unfortunately this year, at least in the bullpen, it, that are, there has not been a majority that's been on that upward trajectory. And I mean, even if you look at past playoff teams, whether it's the Rockies or just in general, you, and you look at their careers, essentially you have to, if, for example, in the past when it was 25 man roster, you needed 15 to 20 of those guys to have either the best season of their career or one of the best seasons of their career. You can't be having guys that have nine ERAs 
on no. playoff contenders. I mean, it's really as simple as that. You just you have to have everybody having a good season. Absolutely. And the Road Rockies have made this where it's a a tough season. And I know that let's talk a little bit more about the road, not only that has been, but is to come. Uh, We'll do that after the break here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And Kevin Henry back with Noah Yingling here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And Noah, we've, you know, the Rockies are in the middle of a three game or sorry, three city, nine game road trip right now. Uh, we were with them in Chicago. They're in Los Angeles right now. You will be with them in Texas. And I asked Bud Black yesterday, you know, about that win in Chicago and what it did for them going into the off day and into the rest of this road trip. And Buddy kind of shrugged it off. He's like, you know, it, it's a game. It's one game out of a 162 game schedule, but I can't think that that plane trip from O'Hare to LAX would have been nearly as sweet had the Rockies not pulled off that uh, very interesting win as we talked about in our last podcast uh, in the finale there at Wrigley Field. Yeah, I mean, plane rides when you win the last game of the series after being after you lost the first two especially in the fashion that they did um, that's it would be and even on even for minor league and collegiate games it's the same way when they're traveling by bus I mean the bus is going to be um, a heck of a lot more energetic than it is if oh we just got swept sure absolutely so, yeah that's and at least in um, LA, they're not going to get swept as they already won the first game of the series. Um, but we'll have to see how the Rockies do against them in the other two games. But then after that, they're going to go to Texas and the Texas Rangers are by no means the best team in baseball. Um, in fact, they are one of the worst teams in baseball. And in fact, entering Saturday, they have a 44 and 84 record. That is the second worst in the American League, only to the Baltimore Orioles, who lost something like 18 or 19 straight games to get to 40 and 87. So, and they, they've won two games recently, but the, the Rangers are not a good team. And there's a reason why they traded some of their players off, but it'll be a homecoming for two Rockies players in particular. And that is Trevor Story and Sam Hilliard. For Trevor Story, we well actually with both of them, we got a chance to talk with them in Chicago about returning to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. And Arlington is right in the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth. And of course, that's where the Rangers play. For Story, he is from Irving, Texas, which is about 10, 15 miles away. And Sam Hilliard is from Mansfield, Texas, which is about 20 miles away. So we'll have an article up on the site about Story and Hilliard, but you get to hear from Trevor Story yourself right now. I know you've played here a few times here at Wrigley, but uh, how has that experience been yesterday and then just in the past as well? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. You know, each time I've been here. Um, you know, you can just kind of feel a different atmosphere here. And um, 
I think it's cool, you know, I think players like that, and um, so yeah. So then at the end of the road trip here, um, you guys are going to be going to Arlington, and you are from Irving, Texas, which that's, what, 10, 15 miles away from Arlington or so? Um, so what have I, you played at the old Texas ballpark and the new one. What are some of your favorite memories as a fan being there or playing there in general? Yeah, um, the old, you know, the old ballpark in Arlington is the one that I spent most of my time at. And, um, you know, I was there all the time as a kid, just, um, you know, early for BP and just watching all the Rangers games. And, um, so a lot of great memories there, you know, with my family and friends going to that stadium. So, um, I was... I was really happy to be able to play there in 18 because um, I missed it in 16 when I got hurt. We were going there, but I missed it um, due to injury. But, yeah, in 18, and then I was able to hit a home run. That was one of my favorite moments of my career for sure is hitting a, a home run there. Um, are you going to have any family there at the games next week? Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you know how many? Um, or are you just going to try to get as many people as you can? Yeah, I mean, it'll be at least like 30 that I know of and then I think a lot of – a lot of my friends are uh, kind of going to be at the game for sure. Um, so, I mean, probably close to 40 or 50, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then with the Dallas area, too, and especially with Texas in general, and obviously you being from Texas, you know this, with barbecue and Tex-Mex are big uh, favorites there. And then also, too, it's the closest stadium that the Rockies are going to be playing, at least the American League-wise, closest in proximity. So for any fans going there, would you have any recommendations of – barbecue places, Tex-Mex, or even just regular attractions or anything like that? Yeah, sure. Um, I love Hurtado's Barbecue, which is in Arlington, so it's, it's there close to the stadium. That's That was our favorite barbecue the last offseason, and we would get that for the Cowboys games. And, um, so that would be my rec- recommendation for barbecue. Uh, Tinder is good, too, for barbecue. Um, it's Torrey Hunter's place. And, um but yeah, man, I think, you know, touring the Cowboys Stadium, it's pretty sweet. That's a sight to see. And um, as far as Tex-Mex, man, you can't really go wrong with any of the little local spots that you can hit there. Or, um, just any Mexican food in general, in my opinion. So yeah, with Trevor's story, as you heard there, um, he is, and especially when I talked with him, he was uh, very happy to talk about uh, some Texas, as was Hilliard. And... For story two, as you heard as well, he's going to have a lot of family there. Sam Hilliard is hoping to have um, a lot of family there. But if if you don't know the condition of Sam's dad, he has ALS. And he was hoping uh, he was able to attend the games in 2020, the, um, the exhibition games, I should say. And he was able to attend them, but it'll more depend on his health and all that. Um, so hopefully he'll be able to, if he's feeling well enough, be able to attend with some other family members as well. Um, but yeah, Trevor's story, of course, he, he's got a lot of family and friends there and he's, he's going to have a lot of people there rooting for him. And then of course he's going to be hitting up a few barbecue places as well, at least most likely is as long as time uh, presents itself as such. So yeah, it, it, obviously that's one thing that Texas is known for. I know you've been to Texas numerous times, especially since your home state is close yeah. in proximity. 
the the eighth flag over Texas, as we like to call it. And uh, you know, <laughs> absolutely. No, no, Texas, and, and, and we just lost all our Texas listeners. But anyway, no, uh, uh, I, I will say Texas barbecue is fantastic. Uh, there is a, a place called Rudy's uh, that started in San Antonio and crept its way up all the way to Oklahoma. Uh, in fact, it's even here in Colorado Springs. Uh, I'm a big Rudy's fan. Uh, anytime I go to Norman, uh, to hang out, uh, used to be hanging out with my daughter, but I, I love seeing story light up whenever you were talking to him about barbecue and, you know, and I was joking to you and, and the more I've thought about it, I don't think it's much of a joke. We need to have a Trevor story barbecue podcast. I'm just telling you, uh, <laughs> get, get all the download from him about, uh, you know, uh, his favorite, uh, prep and, uh, and, you know, joints and all that stuff. I think that'd be fantastic, man. So yeah, what one of the places you heard him mention was um Hurtado Barbecue, which is close to the stadium. Um so um me myself, of course, I'm gonna I'm not sure if I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna try to, but there's uh I'm always, always up for some barbecue. I oh. mean I've been in St. Louis and Kansas City and I have had, let's see, that I was in St. Louis on Wednesday. So I have had five different barbecue places since then. That's fantastic. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah. So I am yeah. always up for it. Well, I know you're going to hit it definitely in Texas. And uh, there's a few places that our old friend, a Rockies pitcher, uh, Tim Melville, uh, now pitching over in Taiwan. Uh, we had Tim on a podcast one time talking about Two barbecue. Podcasts. That's true. Talking about, uh, that's true. It was a pair. I forgot about that. Uh, but talking about barbecue in Colorado. So we may hit up a couple of his uh, favorite spots whenever you're up here in Denver following the Rangers Rockies trip. And you know, with Tim Melville too, he was the first guest other than of course you and I to be on here twice. Love me some Tim Melville. And I'll tell you, if you're not following him on Twitter, his, his uh, explorations through Taiwan are fantastic whether it's weather or food related the he's he's a definite follow no doubt about it any final thoughts for you as no the, the uh, rockies and dodgers or rockies and rangers no I'm, I'm obviously curious to see if the rockies can keep a little bit of momentum going uh chavez ravine with john gray going tonight john you know We've talked about those peaks and valleys and John's kind of in one of those valleys, at least has been in August so far this year. So can he turn around in his final August start? Uh, the Rockies will likely need him to uh, Chavez Ravine in order to keep, uh, keep in there with the Dodgers tonight. Yeah. And like I said, a few moments ago, we'll have the story up tomorrow on Trevor story and Sam Hilliard. And also too for I believe I mentioned this on the last podcast, and I may have even mentioned it with Trevor as well. The proximity to Texas for the Rockies is actually the closest stadium they'll play at this year. So for some fans, you might see a little bit more Rockies fans there, especially like me checking off another ballpark on their list, as that is a new stadium there with a dome. Yeah. In Texas, which that, that place definitely needs a dome because they, they were smart. And at least, I mean, their old stadium was not that old. It was built, it opened in 94, which is a year before Coors Field. And, but at least they have a dome now. But then, for example, like you have Minnesota, like, what are you doing? 
You're, you're backtracking. You need to have a dome. Maybe it's not the Metrodome because that place looked like a dump, but at least get a regular dome instead of having, it never ceases to amaze me. They start against a cold weather team like Detroit or Cleveland or the White Sox in Minnesota on opening day and it's snowing. I, I never, ever could have predicted that one. It's a stunner, I know. <laughs> you know my, my buddy in Minnesota just turned off the podcast when you referred to the Metrodome as, as a dump because it's a dump. The Kirby Puckett moments and getting sucked out of the exits whenever you left by the air pressure. Was I mean, it, it did have, yeah, it did have the memorable moments, but it, it was, it was a dump. <laughs> it's like uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium. That place was a dump. There's a reason why they called it the mistake on the lake. There's a reason why Charlie Sheen did so well there. Okay. I'm just going to tell you. Out of the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and fun fact, it wasn't most of the movie wasn't even filmed there. It was filmed at Milwaukee County Stadium. Absolutely. Another dump. There, there you go. <laughs> the multi-purpose stadiums, the multi-purpose stadiums of the eighties, they were dumps. <sighs> Oh, Noah, Noah, Noah. There's a reason why the only stadium that was built in the 80s that still exists is the Rogers Center. Yep. And that that opened in 89, and that, that that's a borderline dump. Believe me, I've been there. It's eh, <laughs> not great. Don't go on the upper deck. because At least, now, granted, this was a few years back, but the uh, – uh, railings are not necessarily um, up to U.S. standard. There you go. Well, oh, my goodness. Well, I have a feeling the Ranger Stadium will be up to standard, and we'll be anxious to hear what you have to say about that after you get there uh, next week, early next week. I should and say. hopefully by this point in the podcast, we just haven't insulted everyone in Cleveland and Texas yeah. and Milwaukee and up north in Canada. Right. I mean, I, I've insulted a lot of people, so. You have, but you're a bad person, which is one of the reasons why you're probably going to get on the road to Dallas now. So, yeah, that's true. So, as Frazier would say, off you go. Bye bye now. <laughs> Very there well. Thanks for dropping by. Off you go. <laughs> uh, well, as always, we appreciate all of you listening to our podcast. Uh, we have something fresh every day on the site at rockspile.com. Make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're following us on Twitter as well at rockspilefs. So for my friend and stadium basher, Noah Yingling. And uh, I bash Singapore too. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. He's gone worldwide today. I tell you, it's spicy, Noah. That's what we got today. It's spicy, Noah. That's what anyway, uh, get me in the morning. <laughs> Noah Yingling, uh, my friend and colleague, uh, this is Kevin Henry signing off. And as always, go Rockies. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 